back in this thing like we left something. Y'all know what it is. It is episode 26 of I Got a Story to Tell. This week's episode marks the last story of the season. Like I said before, after this episode, we'll be taking a six-week hiatus. And then we'll be back with season two of I Got a Story to Tell. I want to thank you all for sticking around and sticking with me through 26 weeks of my foolishness. Y'all know how we do. Before we get started, I got to give someone their flowers. And this week, I'm giving flowers to a young man who had an effect on me more than I had an effect on him in the brief period of time that I knew him. Sometimes you come across people and you meet people and they have a light or an energy or a spirit that you see something in, you can't put your finger on it, but you know, and you're like, damn, they're special. So special that my son has his name as his middle name. This week I'm giving flowers to Chandler, Chandler Childress. Y'all may know him as so visual, but Chandler. In the brief period of time I knew you, you had such a profound effect on me. Even when I was trying to mentor you, you were mentoring me. I hate the fact that this world has taken you from us. The bullshit in this world has taken you from us. Chandler, I wanna say rest in peace, rest easy. May Allah be pleased. We miss you. We love you. Thank you for being who you were to me. And with that being said, y'all, I got a story to tell. Let's go. story takes place in the year 2008. Well, it starts, let's put it this way. This story starts late, late, late 2008. I'm 30 years old. I'm living in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I am working at a detention center. My girlfriend at the time, who's my wife now, is living in Houston, Texas. And she would fly up and we would, you know, see each other. Right. So I'm at work one night and this is like I said, this is December. I'm at work one night and she calls me. Now, we're not supposed to be on our phones at work on the units. So there's a camera, one camera on the unit. And the way we used to get around being caught being on our phone was we take our phone out and we stand up under the camera. So when the camera pans the unit, it'll see all the cells, but it won't see what's up under the camera. So it's lockdown time for the night. Everybody's in their cell, you know, doors locked and closed. So I'm just standing out there by myself. I'm on the phone talking to my girlfriend, like I said, my wife now. We're talking and she says, Mike, I'm like, what's up? She was like, I ain't had a period. And I'm starting to get a little nervous. I'm like, word? She's like, yeah. Now, her and I had seen each other, been together, you know, a little bit before that. Um, 
And I knew when I shot up the club that it was a possibility, right? So, but I was still holding out doubt, like, nah, you know, I didn't shot up the club before and, you know, she didn't come back pregnant. So, you know, maybe this is one of them times, right? This is my dumbass way of thinking. So she tells me she ain't had a period. She's nervous. And she says, I'm going to take a test just to see, just in case. I said, all right, cool. She says, I'm about to run to the store. I'll call you back in a second. I said, all right. About 15, 20 minutes later, she calls me back. I say, you get the test? She says, yeah, I got it. I say, okay. I say, keep me on the phone while you do the test. She says, okay. She does the test in my old impatient ass. I'm talking about two seconds past. I'm like, what it say? What is it? She's like, hold on. Like, you got to wait. I'm like, all right, cool. She says, after a long pause, Michael. When she said Michael like that, I already knew, but I was still holding out doubt. Holding out hope that, hey, nah, bruh. Ain't no chillings coming into this world, right? So I'm like, yeah. She says, Michael. For the second time, I said, God damn, it's 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 a baby in there, right? She then says, I'm pregnant. Now, once she finally said the words, again, I'm standing up under the camera, leaning up against the wall on my cell phone. When she said the words, my knees instantly got weak. Y'all know how James Brown used to do the dance where he slide his feet and all that shit, right? And that nigga perm be going in, in the air and shit, right? That's what my knees was doing, James Brown type shit. Mixed with a little bit of the butterfly. So I'm like, oh, I got to sit down. Because a nigga's finna pass out. So I sit down. First thing I say is, huh? She was like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, jumping Jehoshaphat. So I'm like, okay. So I don't want to come across as, you know, an asshole or not sympathetic or, you know, all that shit, right? So I, I ask her instantly, I say, how are you feeling? How you feel? And she was like, I don't know. Now, when she said, I don't know, it made me super uneasy because my wife is one of those people who, whether for or against, pro or con, she's going to give you the direct way she's feeling, right? But when she hit me with the, I don't know, I was like, ah, shit. So I'm instantly like, oh, no. Now, looking back on it, I'm like, nigga, why was you tripping? Nigga, you was a whole 30 years old. Ain't like you 16. So I'm like, oh, God, we grown years old. So I tell her, I say, hey, I'm about to get off work. I call you when I get in the car. She says, OK, get off work, go to the car, get in the car. First thing I do, I call her. I'm like, yeah, all right. She was like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. So we talk as I'm driving home. And we get off the phone and she says, we'll talk about it some more tomorrow. I said, all right, cool. I can't sleep for shit. Oh, nigga couldn't sleep. I'm like, I'm finna be a whole daddy. So next day we get on the phone, we're talking. I ask, I say, well, what do you want to do? So she was like, I don't know. I need to think about it. You know, we need to talk it over some more options and all that shit. Right. I'm like, okay. So we finally come to the conclusion. We come to agreement. We're going to have the baby again. I'm finna be a whole daddy, but I'm still nervous. Cause again, I don't know nothing about parenting. Now 
when I was about 12 and 13, I would babysit my nephew Christian. Shout out my nephew Chris. Jig, love you, boy. I would watch him, you know, while my sister went to bingo with my mama. But as far as parenting, I don't know shit about being no parent. But again, I'm 30, nigga. So I'm really trying to talk myself into the fact that, dude, you're 30. Relax. But it's still not clicking. So that next day, I go over to my mother's house. So I have a key to my mother's house. But for some reason, I couldn't muster up the... I don't know, the intelligence in my head to use a set of keys to open my mother's front door. I get to my mother's house. I just knock on the door. My mother comes to the door. I ain't say hello, hug or nothing. I'm just standing in the door looking like a poor, pitiful soul. My mother, without hesitation, looks at me and says, she's pregnant. I'm shocked because I'm like, hold on, nigga. I ain't tell you. I know she ain't told you. I'm like, mom, and I walk in the house and just collapse on her couch. She had this flower, <laughs> this flower couch. I fall out all dramatic and shit. Y'all know how like white women faint and move like, <sighs> like some shit like that. I just collapse on the couch. <sighs> My mother being who she is, pulling no punches, not going sugarcoat shit, not going to hit you with the fluff you want to hear, says to me, nigga, you all right? I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, no sympathy here, I see. One of those people, like, if you looking for sympathy, look in the dictionary between syphilis and shit. So I'm like, Ma. She was like, boy, you 30 years old. Relax. I'm like, yes, ma'am. She was like, it's a child, Michael. You're not, you know, a 16, 17-year-old high school kid. You're an adult. I'm like, yes, ma'am. She was like, you will be all right. And what you don't know, y'all will figure out. I'm like, fuck, man. So I'm mad. I'm thinking I'm about to come over here and my mother going to be like, oh, it's going to be all right. I don't know why I thought that shit because she did not play them type games, right? So I'm over there. Now I'm mad at my mama like, man, she over here on some yelling shit. Like my mother was that type. Like I remember my brother being young, busting his knee open. I mean, busting up like had to get it stitched all back up. She didn't give a damn. He walked in the house. I'm tired of taking your ass to Children's Hospital. These people going to think I'm beating on you. Stay your ass from out of Children's Hospital. Stay your ass in the house. You hear me? There was no sympathy, no nothing. So I don't know. If she did that to a young kid, I knew my grown ass wasn't getting no sympathy. So I'm like, all right, I got to take it on the chin. I'm like, all right. Yes, ma'am. All right. So once she get done... You know, letting me hear it and all that shit. I get up. I'm about to walk out the crib. Like, basically, like, man, I ain't thinking to myself. Man, I ain't come over here for this shit, man. So I get up walking toward the door. She was like, oh, you don't like what you heard? I'm like, nah, it's cool. So she goes on. Don't nobody give a damn if you don't like what you heard. You can get out. I'm like, man. So to keep her from punching me in the back of the head on the way out the door, I sit back down. She walks off. My mother was one of them ones. She'll cuss you out, walk off. And as she's walking off, she's still cussing you out. She gets up. She was sitting on the love seat. I was on the couch. She gets up to go walk in the kitchen. She was like, think somebody give a damn about you. 
mad and all that shit because you don't hear what you want to hear. Sliding her feet, walking like, y'all know how black mamas do. She's like, shit, I got time for that shit. So I'm like, man, she tripping, man. So I'm thinking that shit to myself. Y'all know I ain't say that shit. So anyway, I end up leaving finally after about an hour, hour and a half. She hugged me before I leave, kissed me on the cheek. She said, you'll be all right. I leave. Some time passes, not too much time passes. The wife is going to the doctor to, you know, get an official test. You know, the, the ultrasound and all that shit, right? So I fly down to Houston so I can go to the doctor with her. The whole time, though, leading up, all I could think about is, man, I don't know if I'm ready for this. All this shit. Y'all know what go through your head when the baby's on the way. And we get to the doctor. We're sitting in the waiting room about to go back. And it's crazy how life in the world puts things in your life to speak to you because the whole time I'm thinking how I'm so unprepared and I don't want a kid and I don't know if this is you know the move and all that shit right the whole time that's what I'm thinking we sit down in the waiting room we're sitting her and I are sitting right next to each other we talking a little bit I'm holding her hand and I, for one, I think I'm holding her hand because I need the comfort more than I'm trying to comfort her. Right. But life in the world says, you know what, Michael, let me show you something real quick. Right across from us in the waiting room, there's a young and I mean, they can't be no more than 16, 17. A young couple sitting there, the young girl, she's pregnant. The young boy, he young, man. And they're sitting directly in front of us. And it was the world being like, all right, nigga. You mad about your punk ass being 30 years old and your world being flipped a little bit and you don't have the, you know, independence you used to have. Let me show you something. And that young boy and young girl sat in front of us and I'm like, shit. And it hit me right then. Like, nigga, you complain about this? Y'all have the means to take care of a child. These two that I'm about to sit in front of you basically are like, are looking at me like they don't. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, fuck. And shit kind of changed in my head right then. I'm like, damn. It kind of made me step back a little bit, re-examine myself and my way of thinking. I'm like, shit. So go in there, doctor dude, official shit. And yes, it's a baby in there. So, okay, come to grips with it's a baby. So, I go back to Ohio. I don't want to leave. And I'm at work. Now, some time has passed. Like, you know, a couple months have passed. And I'm at work. And it's time to find out the sex of the baby. And I couldn't fly to Houston. I had to be in Ohio for something. And so... She says, you know, when I find out the sex of the baby, I'll put the phone on speaker. I'm like, okay, cool. So it's time. She called me. She says, it's time. I'm going in. I say, okay. Now, like most men, I want a son. That's all I'm thinking. Let me have a son. You know, I'm talking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm like, hey, inshallah, please, you know, God willing, please let me have a son. Please. That's all I'm asking for give me a son so she goes to the doctor she calls me i'm in the hallway at work i hear the doctor say mr wilson you there i said yes ma'am i'm here 
She was like, okay, we about to find out the sex of the baby. I said, okay. Again, I'm, inshallah, please let me have a son, please. So she comes on. She says, Mr. Wilson, you there? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you want to know the sex? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, you're having a boy. Now, I used to cuss more than I cuss. I've tapered off my cussing so much. I don't know if it's kids and marriage and growing up or whatever. I used to cuss a lot. I still say nigga a lot, right? But back then I was cussing a little more. When she said, it's a boy, first thing I do, nigga, hell yeah, hell yeah. I'm so excited I forget that this lady is on speakerphone with me. This white woman, and I figured out, I found out she was white. A, I could tell by how she talked. I don't know if I'm the only person that does this, right? On a side note. Black people. Shit, white people too, if you're listening. If y'all not watching the TV or something, and y'all hear somebody talk, can y'all tell what color they are? I ask that because I swear I can tell black people's voice. It's something about our voice and our how we talk. I can tell when a nigga talking. Now, I have been duped a couple times, but I can I can usually tell when a nigga talking. Now, my mama, when I was growing up, I knew when somebody white was on the phone because she put her white people voice on. But anyway, that's another another day, another time. So anyway, I forgot I'm on the phone and this white woman is in the background and I'm saying, man, nigga, hell yeah. But I'm overcome with emotion. I'm hype. I'm happy. I'm having a son. I tell everybody, nigga, I'm having a boy. So instantly I get on the computer. I'm shopping for boy clothes and shoes and shit and all that. Right. The due date is late August, early September. I'm hoping he comes. Actually, I'm hoping he comes on my birthday, which is August 17th. My wife's birthday is August 23rd. So I'm like, okay, either, you know, somewhere in, in between there. Time gets going. I end up taking two weeks off of work as the due date gets closer. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to take off for two weeks. I'm going to go down to Houston, be there for the birth of my child and spend some time before I come back home. It's time for me to go to Houston. And for some reason, flights were all messed up and whatnot. So I ended up saying, you know what? I'll just take the train. So I'm going to take the Amtrak from Cincinnati down to Houston. So my brother on a late Wednesday night, well, Wednesday night going into uh, Thursday morning, like one o'clock in the morning, my train leaves Cincinnati from Union Terminal. So my brother drops me off. And it's Ramadan. It's Ramadan, which, um, you know, I observe. So my brother drops me off. I have on a pair of shorts, um, a T-shirt, a scarf. I have a backpack and a suitcase because, like I said, I'll be down there two weeks. So I get to the train station. I go, I get on the train. My train goes from. Cincinnati to Indianapolis. Indianapolis is the first stop. Now, I know it's going to be a long train ride. I have my prayer rug with me also. Again, it's Ramadan. 
And I get on the train, I sit there. I'm looking out the window. We get to Indianapolis. From Indianapolis, it goes to um, Chicago, Union Station. I have to switch trains to a different line. So we have kind of a, I got probably like a two hour layover in Chicago, Union Station. I call my, my wife, my girlfriend at the time. I call her, I say, hey, I'm in Chicago. Um, everything's cool. Everything's going well. I call my brother, let him know everything's cool. And during Ramadan, I'll speak for myself. I become real reflective. Um, I really get into my head and start thinking about a lot of shit. And, you know, I'm thanking Allah that he's blessed me with this responsibility of this little boy. It's crazy how shit like start coming full circle around that time. I went from unsure, not even sure I was ready to be a dad, all that shit, to thanking God for giving me this responsibility. Time for us to go. So I get on my train. Our next stop is St. Louis. Get on the train, get to St. Louis. And I get off because we have a stop that letting us stretch our legs a little bit. You can see the, the arch. And I take my prayer rug out. You know, I make a lot. And just being there in that moment, I'm like, God, you've really given me something, given me this responsibility. And at first I knew I wasn't sure about it, but I'm ready to take it on. Right. Again, it's Ramadan. I'm all in my head, real introspective and shit like that. Go from there to Arkansas. And then we come on into Texas. Now, we get into Texas. The weird thing about the line from Chicago to Houston, the train doesn't go into Houston. It takes you to a city called Longview, Texas, which is some hours from Houston. You get off the train, then you get on a charter bus and that bus takes you to the train station in Houston. So that's what it does. I finally get to Houston. She's there waiting on me and she be now. I was never I mean, I, I knew, you know, she was pregnant, had a belly. You know, it seemed, you know, throughout the process. But she would look like she was about to pop. I'm like, oh, shit. We're chilling. At the time, she was staying <laughs> in an apartment in Midtown on West Alabama. So we get to the apartment. We're sitting there for a little bit. She wants to go for a walk because she's thinking, you know, go for a walk, get this baby going. Right. So we go for a walk and she tired. Oh, she tired. And them little braids she got in her hair. Ooh, they were looking rough. I said, oh, my baby's struggling right now. I had, you know, sympathy for what she was going through. Right. So Saturday. We sitting around watching a little TV, not doing much. She was like, oh, I don't feel like nothing like he not coming no time soon. I'm like, man. So this is uh, the 29th of August. I'm like, man, damn, I was hoping he would be here before the month changed. He ain't doing nothing. I'm like, well, you don't feel no discomfort, no nothing. She was like, uh-uh. I'm like, all right. So that was sad. 
Sunday, we sitting around all day. That she like, man, this dude ain't doing nothing in here. I'm like, oh shit. Sunday around six, seven o'clock. She's like, he moving a little bit, but I don't think he gonna come. I'm like, damn, this the this the thirtieth. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, well, you know, shower, go to bed, go from there. She like, all right. So she goes, she showers. She's laying down. I shower. I'm walking around a little bit through the apartment. Getting to bed to lay down. She says, oh, I'm feeling some discomfort. I was like, you all right? She's like, yeah. She's like, let me sit up for a minute. So she sits up. She's like, oh, I'm cool. She's like, let me go use the bathroom. She goes in the bathroom. She comes out. And the look on her face is like, oh, shit. Now it's hit. She like, ooh. She was like, uh, something ain't right. I'm like, huh? She was like, uh, I think we need to go to the hospital. I'm like, huh? She was like, yeah, we got to go to the hospital. I'm like, okay. So, we start getting everything. Everything was already prepared. Bags were ready and all that shit. So, we grab bags. I put my backpack on. I grab her bag. Put in the car, get her in the car, room, we gone. We get to the hospital, right? St. Luke's. St. Luke Hospital in the medical center in Houston. Which from her apartment wasn't that far. So we get there, we go in, they lead us upstairs. She like, oh. So she calls her sister and she calls her mom. She says, I think it's time. They say, okay. So they put us up in this this room. We're sitting there, and I'm like, oh shit. My heart beating fast, right? Oh, nigga, my heart on some techno beat shit. Doom, 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 doom. I'm like, oh, shit. It's go time. They finally, finally get us to our room. Room is beautiful. Oh, nigga, it's beautiful. So, we had everything we needed. Beautiful room, the dim lights, uh, like a couch bed thing for me. TV, could play some movies on the DVD player, had the thing we put the little iPod connected y'all remember iPods had the little speaker because she wanted the song Here Come the Sun by uh, Nina Simone who is one of my wife's favorite artists she was like when my baby comes I want this song playing the whole time I'm like okay so we setting it you know okay good we getting calm her thing is I'm not taking no meds I'm you know I'm about to push this thing out so we like cool it's about midnight on Sunday, flipping over into Monday, the 31st of August. She in there, oh, nigga. She sound like a demon. My wife is like very soft-spoken, um, talk so so soft that more times than not when she says something, I'm always like, huh? I'm like, oh, shit. But now she sounding like, oh, nigga. She's sounding wild, nigga. I'm like, oh, shit. So she like, me, I have a high pain threshold, right? I can deal with pain. Only one time pain has almost took me out. Only one time. And that's when I got my second fraternity brand on my leg. Shout out to my frat brother, Steve from NKU, who did my brand on my leg, who had to do it three times because he like struggled on the first two but anyway that's the only time pain almost took me out anyway 
I don't have a lot of sympathy for people when they're going through pain because I have a high pain threshold. So when she over there doing that, acting like she dying, I'm like to myself, like, you know, but I ain't going to say that. So I'm asking, I'm like, you want them to give you something? She like, no. I'm like, oh, shit. She and this bitch sounding like Buster Rhymes. So I'm like, damn. So she going through it. The contractions, they come and they going. They come and they going. They come and they going. We start hitting about 6 o'clock a.m. on Monday. She's still, she holding on to the rails on the side of the bed. Oh, nigga, she and that bitch like the exorcist, right? Y'all remember the exorcist girl head turned around and shit, right? She, y'all remember how the ultimate warrior, for my old head, the dingo warrior, but when he changed the ultimate warrior, would come out and he would grab the ropes on the side of the wrestling ring and just like shake them shits, right? That's what she looking like. Oh, these little pitiful little braids my, my, my wife got in. Oh, nigga, they looking, they, they looking bad. I said, oh, my baby out here bad, right? But I know she going through it. So she holding the, the sides. She, I'm like, oh, this nigga wilding in here, right? So I'm like, man, she got to chill. So the only peaceful time is when the contractions would go away. And then she would be, I'm like, you good? She's like, yeah, yeah, them was some rough ones, but I'm good. I'm like, you sure you don't want nothing? She's like, nah, I don't want nothing. I'm like, all right. She's like, I'm going to do this natural. I'm like, ooh, nigga, you a goon, right? So I'm gassing. I'm like, you can do this shit, right? Oh, them contractions came back. Oh, nigga, and they was kicking like a kung fu movie, right? So she like, Aah! I'm like, oh, she dying over here. You know, in the war movie, nigga dying, they be like, medic. Medic! That's how I'm feeling. I want to call the nurse like, Medic, come get this nigga. But I can't. You know, I got to hit her with the, you got this. You cool. You cool. I ain't a good come on coach. Y'all know when coach be like, come on, you can do it. I ain't one of them niggas, right? I ain't no good come on coach. I'm more of a, man, suck that shit up, man. God damn, nigga. But I can't say that. So I'm looking at her. I'm like, you got this. You got this. I'm rubbing her hand and shit. Y'all know how... That nigga, uh, what's the blind nigga played piano? Ray Charles used to rub wrists and hands and shit, right? I'm on my Ray Charles. I'm like, oh, you got this. You can do this. I'm trying to hit it with some smooth Billy D. Barry White. Not Barry White when he came on the Secret Garden and fucked up the vibe. Y'all remember he came on at the end. Nigga was like, I'll take good care of you. At the Elder Barge, my Lord and Savior, had it on some smooth shit at the beginning, right? I wasn't on no, none of that type shit. I was on some smooth, like, you got it. Chill. Relax, you got this, breathe. You know what I'm saying? I'm hitting her with that. Oh, nigga, she in that, she's struggling. Oh, nigga, it's going down. It's going down quick. She in that bitch going crazy. Ah! Finally, Dr. Rosenbaum, who was our uh, doctor, he come in. He talking to her, Stacey, you all right? Ah! Then all of a sudden, nigga wants some meds now. I say, oh, yeah, that pain kicking your ass. The bitch asses then came out. So now she needs some meds. She need an epidural. I'm like, oh, shit. I know how dangerous them shits are, right? So, I actually end up leaving the room going downstairs real quick. They give it an epidural. I come back. Oh, she in there. She Gucci. She in there like swimwear. So, she cool now, right? But she telling me, I can't feel shit. You know, good, all this shit. Now, all of a sudden, oh, it's go time. Oh, ain't no more contractions. Oh, this live practice. This ain't walkthrough for the Super Bowl. This the Super Bowl. So, I'm standing there. I'm like, so Dr. Rosenbaum come in there. I'm like, damn. So he looking, he checking her out. You know, he all in the area and shit. 
I'm like, damn, old buddy looking at my, at my honey hole. So I'm like, oh. so I'm feeling some way about that. So he started, you know, pressing, touch, all that shit. I'm like, man, I'm about to sleep, buddy. So I'm like, man, just do your job. I didn't watch movies before. I didn't seen the doctor. All he do is have his hands out there. Y'all know how, you know, quarterback be on the center. Just waiting on the ball, said Hut, right? Buddy ain't doing that. Oh, Buddy got his hand in my honey hole. I said, oh, shit, nigga. I'm finna knock this nigga smooth out. I'm looking like, man, bruh. So he comes up and he says, okay, we have a problem. I'm like, problem? He like, the baby is turned sideways. I'm like, huh? Y'all know how a baby come out head first, you know, unless it's breach and it comes feet first, but head first. Nah, my son decided he want to turn sideways. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know how a turd come out straight, like down, right? Think of a turd, turd turn horizontal, right? And try to come out your ass that way. So he turned sideways. He horizontal. He big kicking it, big chilling. So he like, I'm going to try to turn him with my hand. I'm like, nigga, what? Y'all, buddy goes and sticks his whole hand in the twiz, right? Not to be too graphic. So he's in there trying to turn, like push him a little bit, like turn him a little bit. Buddy forearm deep in the honey hole, right? Me, I instantly doing math and geometry and, you know, shit and measurements in my head. I'm like, okay, buddy has a whole human forearm in my wife twiz, right? I'm like, okay, nigga, I can't follow that up. I'm like, oh, he didn't, he didn't just stretched it out, right? Y'all ever seen a nigga t-shirt like after he get in a fight, right? And the nigga t-shirt be stretched out and it look like wavy, like it's like stretched out. It's never going back to form. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking old buddy then gave the twiz the bacon neck, right? I'm thinking it's going to be blue out. I'm like, man, it ain't going to have no snap back. I ain't going to be able to touch the sides no more. That's all I'm thinking, right? Now, I didn't watch a porn movie before. Not on purpose, though. Like where they do fisting, right? So I'm like, damn. Buddy in here on some shit like that. But I'm like, man, I can't say shit. I can't sleep him. Cause that's going to be an assault charge. Now she got to have a baby and I got to go to jail and do a bid. Now I got to get pictures in the joint of my baby. Cause I knocked the nigga out. So I'm like, man, I'm a chill. So I'm, 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 I'm discouraged. I'm like, man, fuck. Well, that's the sacrifice of having a baby. I ain't never going to be able to follow it up. Right? So anyway, finally get my son turned and shit. Now she pushing. I'm holding the leg, one of her legs up and she like, she pushing, pushing. I'm like, Man, so he his head come out a little bit. Again, like I told y'all in the last episode, I don't have a weak stomach. I can look at anything, right? But something about that experience, I'm like, oh shit. Like, I felt the heat come over me. Like a heat just like go through my body. Like, Oof. I'm like, oh shit. So they taking a while to get him. Like to pull him out all i can see is the top of his head and i see like the twist like around his head like you know like caesar used to wear the leaf crown like the crown of leaves and shit right so i'm like oh shit i'm really not gonna be able to follow this up a baby and a forearm i ain't got a baby in a forearm so i can't follow this up so i'm like oh shit man so a, a, a nurse comes over she puts this little disc like shape thing on my son's head 
and starts pumping this thing like I'm like, damn, what's this? And it sucks into his head. She grabs the 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 little the the tubing that's on the disc and starts pulling him. I want to be like, hey, Slim, like, what is you doing? But she pull it so fast that he come out. He's slipping out like he he. They catch him, pick him up. They start wiping him off. I see all the stuff come out the twigs, right? And I'm like, oh shit, the heat really coming over me now, right? I got on a blue. Uh, let me say this real quick. I don't know why I was dressed how I was dressed. I took a shower in the bathroom and I had on like an ironed blue button down long sleeve polo shirt like and some jeans. And I'm trying to figure out why the fuck was I dressed up like that? Like I should have been that bitch in a T-shirt. But anyway, they pull him out. He ain't crying, though. They put him all over on this table. You know, they like they telling her like, oh, it's a boy. He's out. He's out now. The disc thing they had pulled him out with had made his head like on some long big shit on the top, right? Like he had an extra head. So I'm like, oh shit, he ain't gonna get no breezies with an eye shaped like deformed head, right? So I'm like instantly sad for him, like, man, there go your breezies. So they lay him on the table. He not crying though. I'm like, okay, I need to hear him cry in a couple seconds. They wiping him off. There's some nurses over there doing shit on him. And then a nurse like start rubbing like this thing on his chest. And all of a sudden I, I say, okay. Um, but right before that, what made me nervous, my wife says, she's like, why ain't he crying? Because I had that worry too. And the nurse like, oh, he all right. He crying a minute. And then just, and I was like, oh shit. Okay. So they bring him over and they hand him to my wife and she looking, she teary eyed. And I'm just looking, I didn't cry or anything, but I was, I was emotional. I'm like, oh shit. Like, he here and i'm looking at his face and he like mad ugly right so his skin is like real white they ain't cleaned him off and bathed him down good so i'm like oh shit he like some shit on like a zombie looking thing right so but he got some butters right y'all know what butters are when a nigga wig lay down you know what i'm saying like a nigga got a texturizer right so he had some butters and i'm like oh that nigga wig fresh his shit gonna be like mine when i had hair right so then I look at him and his nose is so huge, right? His nose is on some KRS-One shit. Oh, this nigga nose big. You hear me? Now, I have a big nose, but my big nose part comes like kind of like a hump, like a, a, a y'all know a toucan bird. Y'all remember toucan Sam from the cereal? Like how he has a hump in his shit, right? So mine is big that way. Oh, but my son had the old Michael Jackson bell pepper nose. Y'all remember MJ had the bell pepper. Oh, my son knows huge. I'm like, oh, nigga, you ain't going to get no breezes. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, you're going to get no girls. Like, you have an odd-shaped head. You have a Michael Jackson bell pepper nose. Like, oh, and his hair was like, um, it wasn't like dark, like black. It was like almost like red. I'm like, you're a ginger with a big nose and an odd-shaped head. You'll get no breezes ever, right? As a Wilson, the Wilson men... All the dudes in my family, let me think now. Hold on before I make this blanket statement. Majority of all the men in my family have been like ladies men. Like, ladies have been attracted to us. Like, even with my big nose, right? Women have liked me. I'm a nice person anyway. But anyway, I'm thinking, okay, he's the one that, that breaks the curse of good-looking men that ladies love in my family. 
but it's cool. I'm like, I'm going to love him anyway. You know, I'm going to bathe him and keep him clean, make him smell good. You know, maybe women will want to be around him when he's older. But they told us like, hey, there's a possibility his head could be fucked up for a while, but it'll probably go back. I'm like, all right, cool. So they clean him up, get him straight, all that shit. They take him off, do some things with him, whatever the, the hospitals do and shit like that. They get us moved to a permanent room finally, and they bring him back. And I hold him for the first time. I had on a white T-shirt because I took my button down off and I'm sitting there on this little couch and I'm holding him. And I was so in love with this little person. I'm like, oh, shit. Wow. Everything slowed down. Everything. And it was like, God, in the physical form, had given me the responsibility now. Now he's here. And I was like, oh, my God. This is amazing. It was so crazy. It is the opportunity for you to be the parent you needed when you were that age. It's the opportunity for you to take what your parents gave you, remix it, put a little Lowry season salt on it, zhuzh it up how you want to, and become the parent that you thought you needed or should have. But now you get the opportunity to do it your way. Not saying your way is right. But it's the opportunity to provide lessons you've learned. Things you didn't learn from your parents that you learned elsewhere. Whatever. You you push all that shit together. Make a gumbo and give it to your kid. And you become that parent. And this was the time that it, it, it really hit me. And I remember like just sitting there holding him and I remember just kissing him, kissing on him, like just kissing his cheeks, kiss, like smelling him, rubbing his hair. I'm like, damn. And I remember to myself, my wife, she's over there laying in the bed resting and I'm just holding him. And I remember to myself just saying to him, but without saying out loud, like, dude, thank you. Like, really, just thank you. Thank you for, for coming here, for allowing me to be your dad. Because in my in my heart, I knew that he's going to be a great, you know, great human being. You know, whether he's, you know, a man who runs the world or whether he doesn't run the world and just, you know, just does his own thing. I knew it was going to be great. And I was like, damn, I went from not even sure I wanting a kid, un super unsure if I wanted a child, then being like, okay, you, you might be able to do this, to now it's here. And ain't no more thinking, it's just doing. And I was like, shit. And his name. And I'm like, man. And we had gone over a bunch of names. We had gone over so many names for our son. And we settled on heart. H-A-R-T. Heart. The dope thing about heart, my son, is the fact that I see so much of my mother in him that 
the one thing I loved and that was the greatest about my mother was her heart. It was what made her who she was. Heart in the sense of she had heart like a motherfucker. She wasn't scared of nothing. But heart and she was compassionate and cared and loved other people. And his connection to her is just that very thing. And we had heart. Chandler. Rest in peace. Chandler. Chandler, my son, has the same name given to a young man who made a super profound impact on my life in the brief period of time I knew him. As a as a mentor for a hot second who lost his life. Chandler was you ever see somebody and you see the spirit in this person and you're like something is special you can't put your finger on it but something special that was Chandler and so my son Hart Chandler Wilson was born August 31st 2009 the day it all changed. I love you, heart. <laughs>